Are you dealing with the trials of a difficult marriage or going through a separation or divorce? Welcome to the club, friend. Life is messy and it can be hard. I'm Jen Zingmark, a Christian life coach, and I have good news for you. There is a path to find hope, healing, and happiness, no matter what your circumstances are, and I can help you find joy in your journey. So let's go. Welcome to the podcast, friends. I am so excited for y'all to join me today. I really have a special treat in store for you. I welcome Cami Roop to the podcast to share her love after divorce success story. And you guys are going to fall in love with her. Her faith and testimony is just inspiring and motivating. And it is just such a privilege to share this interview with you today. Cami is from Spokane, Washington, where she was born and raised. And she went to college there and graduated from Eastern Washington University, where she studied physical education and health sciences, and also has worked as a reading interventionist in elementary schools. But her greatest accomplishments have been in raising her children. She has three children, one adult daughter from her first marriage and two precious little boys from her second marriage. She's a sweetheart. And for those of you who can't see her, she has long, gorgeous locks of auburn red hair. She's just beautiful inside and out. And it is a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. And welcome, Cami. Thank you very much. Please add any additional details that I may have left out in my introduction. Um, well, like she said, my name's Cami Rue. I'm 52 years old. I am the middle child of three. I have an older brother, a younger sister. I was married for almost 10 years. The first time we divorced when my daughter was two, was single for about six years. And now in February, I will be married to my current husband for 15 years. Oh, that's wonderful. I didn't realize you had been remarried so long. It's about I, the same time as me. So I, I'm having a difficult time believing that myself. It's... <laughs> it just goes by, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes, for sure. As someone who's been through divorce, women many times come out feeling jaded about getting into another relationship ever. <laughs> Let me ask you, did you think you would remarry? And what were some thoughts about remarrying that maybe you had to work through? Well, I've always been a, a glass half full kind of a girl. I never really thought that just because one relationship didn't work, that another one wouldn't work. So I actually looked forward to something new and something better. Um, I didn't know if I would remarry, but I certainly had hoped I would remarry. If I felt jaded at all, I think it would have had to do with being married in the temple that you know, that you did everything you were supposed to do. You thought you did it all right. And then it wasn't enough and it still failed. Um, and so I think as I moved forward, I had to really work through putting value back on that without that constant eternal perspective. Um, sometimes your expectations, your standards can get a little bit misplaced, a little bit off. And I really had to work over those single years to rectify the, the idea. My dad is not a member of the church and he and my mom have um, a great marriage. And here I married a priesthood holder and it didn't work. So 
I don't know if you'd call that jaded, but that's what I had to, to really work on is making sure that that priority flipped and I, and I had that as an important part of my life. So, um, like I said, that's, that's what I really had to work on putting that value back where it needed to be. Yeah. I can relate to that. I had the same situation, you know, I did it all right the first time, um, so to speak, and it didn't work out. And I, I had friends and family even that tried to set me up with men that were good men, but they weren't of our faith. I had to decide, am I open to that or not? And for me, I decided, no, you know, I, I was like, yeah. So the first one didn't work out, even though it should have, we, you know, had all the boxes checked. Mm-hmm. We, you know, it was a return missionary. We got married in the temple. We met our BYU ward and did all the right things. But I just thought, you know, it was hard enough with all of that going for us and it still didn't work. I wasn't willing to risk trying it with someone that at least didn't start out with that. Right. I was like, you know, I just think I'm going to stick with that. So I relate to that. Totally. Good for you. I have other clients that I've worked with who are really eager to get in another relationship, almost like really quick. They want to hop right into another relationship. What advice would you give to someone who's eager to rush into a relationship soon after divorce? Well, I would never recommend to rush into another relationship. Um, I guess they call it the rebound relationship. There's a lot of emotions and feelings that need to be worked through. And really, honestly, you have to take the time to do that. Um, Things that don't come up until you've been on your own for a while, you don't even realize those things are down there. However, with that said, and I include myself in this, there are those of us who have been emotionally alone for so long that when the divorce finally comes, you've had years prepping for that. So I have empathy with people that come out of a marriage and say, you know, I'm ready because I think that's kind of where I was. I just, Mm -hmm. you have so much love that you want to give. But even with that said, I I can remember people saying, hold back, hold back. Mm -hmm. And as we go through questions, more of that information will come out, but yeah you know, be patient with yourself. I do think, like I said, that wounds need to heal, whether you think they're there or not. And that can't happen when your attention and your focus is on somebody else. And it's, it's not selfish to focus on you for a little while. Thank you for saying that. I really appreciate that. I know my listeners will too. The point that you have many people come out of a marriage already being emotionally alone or single for a long time. And because of that, you think, you're ready. You think mm-hmm. I want someone, I want another relationship, but I, I agree that doesn't necessarily mean you're ready. Maybe you'll be ready sooner than others who, you know, were devastated and heartbroken, you know, when it ended, right. what were you looking for the second time? So I think that in the beginning, I was looking for my knight in shining on my we're talking about after the divorce, correct? Right, right, right. Yes. yes. I want to make sure that I got that right. <laughs> um, I was looking for my childhood night. I think sometimes to be able to understand the answers that I give, you have to understand a little bit about the person. Otherwise, other people might sit there and say, well, why would you choose that? Why would you do that? It doesn't make a lot of sense yeah. unless you've walked in our shoes. For sure. Um, I grew up. Um, this is a little off topic, but I'll get around to my sure. point. I, I grew up in the eighties and I grew up as a freckled little redhead and I'm sorry, I'm going to 
would get emotional. I, um, I didn't have a lot of self-esteem growing up. I had this beautiful and fabulous popular sister, younger sister, and I constantly compared myself to her. And, um, I was athletic and I was obedient and there was a lot of things I had going for me, but I didn't have a very good self-esteem. I had lots of good boyfriends, but when it came to boys, I was so shy. I didn't go to dances. I was never asked to dances. I went to my, my senior prom and my junior prom because I asked boys from church to go with me. I never dated all the way through high school. It was a very late bloomer in my life. Um, and if I did ever get asked, it always seemed to be by the odd, the odd guys. But after the divorce, I think I was reliving what I never experienced while I was young. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of reverted back to that. I got to find my little, my knight in shining armor that was going to save me from this divorce and all the heartbreak that came with it. Yeah. I think later on, I realized after all those years that what I really wanted was a father figure for my daughter. I wanted um, a man that was secure in who he was. I wanted someone who frankly loved God more than he loved me. I was just ready for someone to sacrifice and just start a different journey. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of a big growth change in between those things. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I know a lot of people will relate to that. You know, not everyone blooms when they're young and they're teenager, they're 20, you know, some some are later and it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's later. And when you have the maturity to go with it. And so I appreciate you saying that. How were you different from the time when you were first divorced to the time when you met your current spouse? And was there a long time in there or what, what was that change like? Um, so it was a, a little over, I guess it'd be about seven years from my divorce to my current husband. I think what changed the most was my sense of identity, um, my self-confidence, the personal value, I guess I placed on myself. It was a long journey from healing to single motherhood, to relocating to a new state, you know, having to rely those early years on family, which is, you know, difficult going basically from nothing to rebuilding something. Mm -hmm. And, um, I did, I, I built a life with my daughter. I was proud of it. I became an, you know, an independent, strong person and, um, that work and that sacrifice, that success really made me a different person. Um, it made me a better person and a more confident person. Good for you. That's, that's amazing girl. I know you moved across the country during that time. That's when our paths crossed. That's a hard thing to do all on your own, newly independent single mom. That's, that's amazing. Well, I do give credit to, like I said, to family, you know, I had my sister down here came for a couple of weeks and ended up never leaving. So I definitely had to, you know, lean on family for a while. Well, that's good though, that you did. It takes even, you know, some humility and courage to do that, but you did it. So tell me about the relationships between your divorce and meeting your husband. What were those like? What did you learn from them? Well, my journey really started after the divorce. I was in a, a relationship pretty quickly. And I was in a relationship that lasted for about a year and a half. And that was with a non-member. He checked all the boxes for my knight in shining armor. And um, 
what I actually learned, what I learned from my first divorce is that it broke my heart. You know, the, the concept of love lost in a broken marriage, those wounds can, could heal. What I learned from this second relationship that I was in was completely different. Um, I learned that um, he was furious and he was verbally abusive, not the knight in shining armor that I thought he was. And he pretty much shattered my identity as a person, Mm. my self-worth as a woman. But the very cool thing about that is that when you are shattered in little pieces, you get to pick up those little tiny pieces and you get to put them back together. And that's what I did. I took all those little pieces and I said, enough, I'm not, I'm not going to be that person anymore. And so I picked up all those little pieces and I put them back together away. I'm so sorry that I was excited to be the person that heavenly father wanted me to be a person that I could love again. So, um, I'm actually in a really weird way, grateful for that experience because, um, I think it completely changed the course of my life. And so, yeah, so that was, um, that really helped me grow. (laughs) That's amazing. And that again, takes a lot of courage, a lot of faith and heavenly father and in yourself. That's amazing. Good for you. Thank you. So this was the person that you dated after your divorce. Yep. My first relationship afterwards. Yes. Yeah. And were there other relationships in there? Um, There was, I casually dated around. I really decided that it was time to find me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I didn't date a lot in the beginning after that. You know, I definitely had friends, uh, family work because I have a daughter Um, I'm old enough. I'm at my upper thirties that you don't participate in the singles boards or things like that. So it was kind of an awkward place to be, but I did, I, I dated a little bit. I really didn't get back into the single scene until after the death of president Hinckley's wife, I really had no desire to, but after his wife's death, we had a, we had a family home evening group that I did do things together with a singles family home evening group. And there's a sweet little sister in there that eloquently put that the prophet was now part of the singles auxiliary. And oh. I thought, okay. And she's like, we need to do our part in supporting that auxiliary. So I started to attend singles functions, not with the idea that I was going to go out there and date because honestly, you know, you're 36. I don't know, 36, 37, 38. And most of the people were 20, 30, 40 years older than I was. Yeah. Um, so it was difficult in the beginning, but we went to support. And eventually I had a, a group of friends um, and we traveled the whole Southeast going to different conferences and it was great. And it was just, um, it was just a time to have fun and, you know, get to know people without focusing on the dating part of it. Yeah. 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 I love that. And I love the reason why you did it. It was to give, it wasn't to get, it wasn't that I want to go find someone and, you know, get out of there. It was, I want to support this and I want to connect with people. And I think that also takes courage and conviction. You have to put yourself out there and it can be uncomfortable in the beginning, but very, very important step. So that's awesome. So tell us your love story. How did you meet your husband and how did you decide to marry him? 
Okay. Well, my love story to my husband is actually two-parted and I'm sorry. It's kind of an extensive story. Yay. We want to hear it all. Let me, <laughs> let me say though, because one of the things I didn't say in this whole process, so we talk about this journey to a new love and um, certainly it was to find love in my life, but more importantly, this journey was actually a love story with myself. It was a, <laughs> it was a journey to find a way to love myself again, especially after all the riffraff that you can't possibly delve into. Yeah. Um, anyway, I guess that's the bigger story to me is it's my love story with myself. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Anyway, I'm so well, grateful you pointed that out because it's true. You can't really love someone else unless you love yourself. You yeah. have to have that first. Yeah. So I'm so yeah. glad you made that point. My love story, part one. Um, <laughs> the first time I saw my husband was actually in the temple. I was in the temple for the very first time with my mom and my sister. We had the three of us had never been to the temple before. And um, so we were all in the temple and oh, I hate to say that I did see him <laughs> over there. But that's as far as I will say, I did recognize him. But anyway, after the session, um, the three of us went over to the bookstore and um, it ended up being just my mom, my sister and myself in the bookstore and Brian in perfect carry form. Um, she's sitting there. So first you have to understand that my sister empowers me in a way that nobody else can just her essence. I will do things with her that I would never, ever consider doing. Um, I love that about her, but anyway, she points out that this guy in the bookstore doesn't have a ring on. And so she's (laughs) like, you know, go, go. And I'm, I'm like, okay. So I went over and I totally shopped in his personal space. (laughs) I mean, shoulder to shoulder. I got right next to him and I can see her back there. And if he moved a little to the right, I would move a little to the right. And if he went to a different section, I went to a different section. We caught each other's eyes a couple of times. Um, We still laugh about it today. Um, But he he never said anything. And pretty soon I just couldn't take the pressure anymore. So I, I had to walk away and and he drove away and we left and fast forward a year and a half because we never came in contact again for a year and a half. Part two is that, like I said before, because I was in that do- uh, in that board, started doing the single scenes um, at different conferences, at different dances, things like that, that they did. I would see a guy there and I did not put the two together, but I would see him there and he always was a little bit quiet and he stayed to himself. And he would periodically ask girls to dance. He would sometimes go around the whole table. He would never ask me. And so I, I kind of took it kind of personal. And so instead of just asking him, I decided to ask all the guys at his table to dance. (laughs) So we played this silly little game. Uh Um, So eventually um, we would see each other. Like I said, we, we never really spoke. Then one Saturday, there was a dance in Charlotte and we had a whole group of girls that were going to go up to Charlotte and go to this dance. And throughout the day, one by one, they all fell off and nobody could go. And I was left by myself and I had no intention of going to this dance by myself, but I had this prompting, you go to Charlotte. And I said, are you kidding? I would never go to a function like that by myself. But the next thing I knew, I found myself driving to Charlotte by myself. And I was almost paralyzed going into that gym 
and did see some friends that I knew across the room. So I made a beeline and sat with them. And at some point during the evening, Brian came over and he sat next to me and we started up a conversation about a Mitt Romney sticker on my purse. We always <laughs> Mitt Romney for our marriage. Um, oh, I'd been that's to a, great. <laughs> I'd been to a, um, that was back when Mitt Romney was running for president. So yeah. anyway, I had been to a rally and his sticker was on my purse or whatever. And so we exchanged information and within a couple of days he had contacted me and he always took his dates to the temple for the first time because that's what he was looking for. If he couldn't go to the temple, then he wasn't um, interested in, in going any further. So our first date was actually to the temple. And I guess we've been together ever since. So wow, kind of up into the, you know, <laughs> yeah, so that's awesome. Well, you definitely knew what his standards were right from the beginning. Yeah. Like that. Yep. He, uh, you know, I knew he was, um, He's definitely somebody that I was, I was interested in just because the way he was with my daughter, the way he was with his callings, just everything. Oh, that's beautiful. Did you guys date for a long time or what was your courtship like? We started dating. We dated for, I would say eight months. I know he asked me to marry him with my daughter. It was the cutest little thing. They asked me together. Um, and we, we had talked about it beforehand. So, so he did ask me, Sydney's actually the one that gave me the ring. So it was very sweet. Oh, that's um, really special. Yeah. We figured we had said that we would only get married in the temple. He asked me to marry him in September. And so we were, ended up being married in the end of February. Oh, that's wonderful. So, yes. I love that he involved your daughter. That's yes, beautiful. Obviously. Cause that was the that was my heart and soul at the time. That's, that was, I mean, she's half me. So mm-hmm. that's right. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, how are you different in your current marriage? If you learned anything about yourself and your own behaviors that you wanted to be different in your second marriage, I'd love to know like what, what is different about you? I think like, like we said before, poor Brian, he, you know, there's a lot of baggage that comes with being divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, I married a man that had never been married. And so he didn't have divorce, but being older and never married, that comes with its own baggage. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my poor husband, um, I put him through the ringer. <laughs> I, I admit that I tested him a lot. So I guess in one way, you're very apprehensive, which I'm sure you're aware of, Mm -hmm. but I think I was, my main difference, like, like I said before, was my level of confidence in who I was, um, and my relationship with heavenly father. And I no longer was looking at relationships as I was at the, as that little girl, it was a, it was a completely new relationship. So I wasn't, I wasn't going to get walked on. I wasn't Mm going to be taken advantage of. I was in it for a partnership and that's probably the biggest difference. I think in my first marriage, I did too much because I thought it was cute to pick up the bath towels. And I thought it was cute to put shoes away. All those little things that you think are endearing, but eventually cause problems. He didn't get the luxury of having any of that with me because it's like, <laughs> you know, I don't have time to train you. So you have to be trained, you know, That's I don't mean right. that in a bad way, but you know, it's just, 
definitely, I would say, got the best of me, but he also got the worst of me. And so, um, and that, that's still a challenge, even, even now, because I, I have to work. Not that I'm jaded, I've, I've forgiven and I've buried so much in the past, but I have to be careful that I don't hold him accountable for reactions or feelings that come up from, mm-hmm. you know, that wear their ugly heads every once in a while. So mm-hmm. anyway. I appreciate you saying that too, because I know I can relate and I'm sure my listeners can relate that there are old wounds, you know, there are scars mm-hmm. from your past marriage or divorce and all of that. You can go on and live a happy life and have a happy marriage and have a fulfilling life. But there are times when you feel those wounds or those emotions come back or situations arise that just bring up old insecurities and just things. And it's just part of your life now. You know, they're familiar to you. Well, what do you love about your current marriage? I would say it's our friendship. I'm really, really independent. I'm not one of the the people that need to have my husband around all the time. I, I do most things on my own. I want him. I don't need him. Does that make sense? I don't mean that to sound Yes. Um, Oh, yes. Amen, sister. (laughs) It's a different thing. It's a different thing. Yes. And and luckily, he's not, he doesn't need to be needed that way. He doesn't need me gloating on him. He doesn't need any of that. And so um, it breaks down to friendship. I wait for him to come home to share what happened. You know, I, I share everything with him. He is my sounding board. He is stalwart and strong. He's so level-headed that every once in a while he gets in trouble because he tries to give advice when he shouldn't give advice. But uh, but he usually just takes it all and he can throw it back in a way that I can see things differently. He just has been my rock. So that's that's what I love most is he is my best friend. So Aww. that's beautiful. It's beautiful. So if you could go back and give yourself some advice on the day you were divorced and on the day of your second marriage, what would that advice look like? On the day I was divorced, um, I would tell myself to be kind and patient to myself after the divorce. Obviously there's lots of emotions, but my focus was on my daughter. I had this young little baby basically, and my fear of what is this divorce going to do to her? That was an excruciating decision to make. Mm -hmm. And I needed to prove to myself that I could do it. And so I I would go back and say, you got this, you know, you you can do this. I would tell myself that there's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days, but if you let God prevail, stay on the path, it's going to be okay. That there's a purpose that you're important and it's, it's going to be okay. Although at the time I really honestly didn't know if it was. (laughs) That's perfect. That's perfect. I think that's what every woman needs to know that you're in a place you never wanted to be. You never anticipate being on your wedding day when you're married is at a courthouse getting a divorce, but you are going to be okay. And it's going to work out better than you can imagine. And I, I love that. I love that advice. So what about on the day of your second marriage? What advice do you have for someone on that day? I think I would tell myself just, just to enjoy it. 
I left my daughter uh, at the temple. We left from the temple to go on our honeymoon and I left her in little tears with her grandmother. Um, but to enjoy those early times, being adults, just getting married, having children, uh, already having a daughter, the responsibility hits immediately. And so I, I wish maybe I would have taken a little more time just to, to be in the moment and just enjoy that little bit of time just with him. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't have a lot of, of that time. It goes right into Insta parent with him. And so, um, yeah, oh, yes. just really enjoy each other um, because real life hits way too quick. <laughs> That's a really good advice. Plus you had two more children pretty soon after, right? Right. <laughs> yes. So I understand right? how that is. So good advice. Good advice. Well, let me ask you our final question. What does finding joy in the journey mean to you? Well, first off, I love the word joy. There is so much depth in the word beyond what I think we really think about. So recently we were having this conversation in one of our come follow me family meetings. We were talking with the boys. What's the difference between joy and happiness? You know, how are they alike? How are they different? And one of my boys said that when he thinks of the word joy, he thinks of Christmas time. And we all laughed and we thought that was cute, but really, honestly, the reality is that we take Christmas, we take joy and we pair it with the word peace. And we celebrate the birth of our savior, Jesus Christ, who is the Prince of peace. And so I loved his insight on that. When I think about my journey, I take the word joy and I pair it with peace So we have a saying in our house that says that if you cry because you lose the sun, your tears will not allow you to see the stars. Meaning that along our journey, we're going to have those big sunshiny moments. And then we're going to have those moments where the sun goes away and the darkness comes out. We have to let our eyes adjust. And just like on this journey, we're going to have highs and we're going to have lows. I love the imagery of if you leave your house and you've been in a lit room, you go outside, you can't see the stars in the beginning. You have to let your eyes adjust. They have to refocus. After you do that, you can look and see planets and moons and stars, galaxies. You literally can see, you know, the canvas of God out there. Um, And I think life's journey is the same way. Celebrate when you have joy. And when the joy goes away, that's where you rely on the peace, the prince of peace. That's where you let the peace come in. Find joy, find peace in in every moment because the journey is just too quick to begin with. It's too fast. And so let him prevail and you'll find your worth, you know, throughout the journey. Wow. I am so grateful for you sharing that and your story. It's just it's beautiful, Cammie. And I'm so grateful that you shared it with me and my <laughs> listeners. I'm so touched right now. I could just feel the strength of your spirit and your journey. And you just articulated it beautifully that mm-hmm. that's how we, that's how we grow. And that's how we experience the joy is those moments in the sun, but also those moments in the darkness when we can find the stars. And so thank you so much. I am so grateful for you sharing this with me and my listeners. And I know it's going to help so many people. Hopefully it'll help someone. It's it's been an interesting ride. (laughs) (laughs) It will. 
Well, I appreciate you asking me to share. Thank you so much. Are you struggling with the trials of divorce? There is a path to find joy in your journey. I would love to help you. Go to jenzingmark.com to get all the info. There you'll find a free download to help you start thinking happier thoughts today. And you can sign up to receive my weekly newsletter. If you like what you've heard here and want to dive deeper into this work, sign up for a free mini session with me. This is just the tip of the iceberg, my friends. There is so much more. I would love to work with you and be your life coach.